G'day and welcome to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one weekly Australian podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. You can listen to On The Road on the Australian Big Rig Roadshow and via podcast on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud. Search for On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast and hit subscribe. On The Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, leading the way with specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks, and industry advocacy for more than 45 years. Major podcast sponsor, NTI, nti.com.au. Well, here we are at episode 12 already, and we'd just like to take a moment to say a huge thanks to all our listeners for sticking with us and for telling their mates about On The Road as well. Our listener numbers are growing at a truly astonishing rate, which is so exciting and humbling for us to see. We work hard to bring our show to you each week, and your loyalty and support makes every minute of that hard work worthwhile. This week, Mike makes the most of an opportunity to have a yarn with everybody's favourite outback trucker, Yogi Kendall. I'm joined by Network 10 weather presenter Mike Larkin to look at what the weather holds in store for us over the summer and the effects it will have on our roads. We've got some great new music from rising country music star Dane Sharp, the latest from the On The Road newsroom and a sneak peek at a new giveaway promotion coming soon to On The Road. That's coming up later in the show. First up, Mike is taking it to the streets to get your thoughts on a very interesting question. All that and more, so keep your eyes on the road and your ears on us. Let her rip, boys. Hi, it's Guy. I listen to On The Road on the Oz Big Rig Roadshow. G'day, this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Here's the question. If I was to say to you, you could have 110 on the pedal, but you had to have all the telematics in the truck, would you take it? Yeah, wood's not a problem, mate. Right, eh? Uh, we've pretty much got that stuff already, mate, so yeah, I'd have it not a problem. Um, if you're doing the right thing, you've got nothing to worry about. <laughs> yeah, roger that. Why is that, mate? No one cameras, what happened? Fair enough. And uh, also, uh, yeah, everything's set up to do 100 nowadays, mate, and we, you know, all our times are set on that. Otherwise, I'll start setting times on 110. <laughs> so you're happy with it the way it is, mate? Mate, no, yeah, I've got used to it, and that's it. Yeah, I, uh, I wouldn't push any harder than what I'm going now. Fair cool. a bit of a chat to a fella about it earlier today and there's always a trade-off. Uh, he's got a point though. Uh, I remember when it was 90 and uh, most of the coppers let you do 99 before they knock you off. You've been trucking for a while, bloke? Yeah, mate, yeah, week or two now, yeah. yeah. 
Run up and down here, or you go all over the show? No, uh, move around, mate. Yeah, going, going up to uh, put a load on over at Bynera, and then uh, over to Adelaide with that one, and yeah, I go to Brisbane sometimes. Yeah, that's an interesting topic, mate. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I don't, I don't see any benefit. No, that extra 10 k's now, you chew a lot of extra juice. I know we used to burn a lot of extra fuel running over to Perth when we could go that bit quicker. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, we do a weekly podcast. Comes out every Friday. Bullet, mate. So yeah. G'day, how are you, Yogi? <laughs> mate, it's going to be one of those things, isn't it? You're going to laugh, and I'm going to laugh, and everyone's going to laugh. Yeah. Well, what did you say to me? Don't say anything you regret. I don't say anything I regret. <laughs> <laughs> How's life in Western Australia, mate? It's a very, very an interesting time at the moment here, but really, it is. It's been a bit wet last week. Harvest is not really going. We're going to have two solid weeks of good weather, so I think we'll get a good run at it. I worked all last weekend, mm. and then I sat around till Wednesday till my first job this yeah. week. You know? <laughs> so that's about where we're up to at the moment and the life and times of an owner-operator. You know? Yeah, little bird told me you did a bit of 4 by 4 and a big rig. A 4 by 4 and a big rig? <laughs> uh, yeah, I should start my own four-wheel driving show. So, yeah, we're in, uh, in 18 wheels of four-wheel driving. Like, I don't know how that works when you're 18 by 4 by 4 I can't. Oh, look, I haven't got my thongs on. I can count them out on my toes, but, you know, so we'll get there. We were filming the other day for season nine. Done a couple of east-west runs, and I've got a couple more east-west runs pegged in the next month or so. But they're struggling with crews, with water restrictions and quarantine and stuff like that. So they sort of said to me, look, why don't we come down with you and just do a week, a few days at the start of the week. We'll just come down with, what do you reckon you're going to do? So the setup was I was going to do a local job mm. and then I had a couple of deadheaders to push on and then I was going to do another contract and move. But none of those jobs happened. <laughs> so when the boys are ringing me Thursday or Friday morning going, we're coming down Monday, you're all set? Yeah, all set. Monday morning, right, we're not going there, we're not going here, we're not going here, it's raining. Yep. And they're going, oh, man, what do you mean it's raining? And I'll go, well, it's raining. We're moving contractors. Like it, once, it, once it rains down here on the south coast and the southern part of Western Australia, everyone wants to move. Yep. So we moved ahead of from beautiful weather and you look 180 degree view to the, well, basically to the west was black storm, dark clouds, you know. <laughs> so, mm. so we come belting along and just as I turned on the dirt, I turned the wipers on and stay tuned next week. The rest is history. Oh, so. dear, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> I've never seen mud go into places that went in my truck. I'll give you the tip. <laughs> so you spent a bit of time with the carcher and sorted it all out then? Oh, uh, yeah. Look, we did. But luckily enough, it rained for two days after. Yep. So a fair whack of that come off. But I reckon I might have another go at the chassis on the new Draco feed trailer as I slide that promo in there, you know. Oh, so, mate. I'll tell you what, that's a pretty good looking thing. Oh, great product. Yeah, fantastic. 
So we ended up with a Draco Fee hybrid mix of the two and it's performed in every aspect we wanted it to and, yeah, been really good. So we're over the moon about that. Yeah. I saw the pictures of it when you picked it up and those big fat stacks and all that sort of stuff, mate. Are you, are you compensating for something with those stacks? Yeah, you know I am. We've spoken about this in the past. You know I am. <laughs> I'm just a little trucker in a big trucker pond there, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. Well, we were talking about something. Where were we? Yeah, good morning. Thank you for having me on. Welcome to the podcast, Yogi. <laughs> so this week, this week, it's a bit of a funny sort of day i'm about to go out on a little pilot job move ahead of, mm. and then i'll be going to a funeral this afternoon which is you know never a nice thing but this bloke bracky was an iconic truck operator in western australia especially in the great southern the dumbwyung area and what was his name again i missed that before everyone knew him as bracky so bracky from dumbwyung brian brackenall is his name trucking legend i mean you chuck the word legend around quite easily i suppose these days but realistically a trucking legend and if you throw his name into a google search you'll see that he did the donald campbell speedboat from the Bluebird. So he, he did three or four world records in one year or something like that. And, right. and Bracky carted the bar down or the boat down or whatever it was. So the true owner-operator, gentleman of the industry, all that type of stock carter and was there going from, yeah, old trucks into bigger trucks, you know, when you talk about a sea line International as a big truck and stuff like that and, and a three-deck crate, you know, look out, we've got a three-decker, like, look at us go. So yep. really, really good. So we'll go up there. There was a few of us from 50, 60 k's away and we'll go and uh, pay our respects. Best way to do it, mate. Make a road trip of it and go up there. Sad day, but a good day, yeah. Mm. So the Senate inquiry's on, mate, and you're going to have a crack there in Perth. Glenn's going to come down. Glenn Stirl's going to come down to Perth, somewhere official, and yeah. set up his microphone and have a listen to what you got to say. So what are you going to tell him, mate? I don't know, mate. I really don't know. So how good is it when you put your submission in? We go on and on and on and on and on about putting stuff online and, and being involved. Well, I did that. I put a submission in. My submission was very basic and very simple and very much just what I think needs to happen to get change in where we are in the industry. And here I am speaking in front of senators in Perth with Senator Stirls. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous because it's not in the cab of me 900 and talking <laughs> on the two-way or talking on the phone. You know, I'm not on the phone to the ABC. Oh, I can handle all that. Yeah. I'm a little bit nervous about how it's going to be and what's going to happen. It'd be worthwhile listening live. I tell you, if you can get a chance to tune in and listen live, because I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know how it's going to play out, because what I was talking to Amanda about yesterday is we're sitting out in the middle of nowhere trucking along home. I love the industry, and that's pretty well known, and you know that as well. That yeah. I love what I do, and I'm very passionate about what I do. So I guess it's not hard to talk about the industry that I'm passionate about. The passion will come out when you're in front of senators that I believe want to make a difference and they definitely want to know what's going on. Yeah. So I guess we've got our opportunity with Senator Sterling. Well, he does strike me as a fairly serious individual. I can remember a time when I was on the other side of the fence to him and to his credit, he always listened to uh, what I had to say and gave me the time. And now I see where he's at and what he's trying to do. And unfortunately, we have to remember that his party's not in power at the moment, obviously. And yeah. anything that comes out of this inquiry will simply be recommendations. But the reality of it is, is that if the recommendations make sense, you'd like to think that our esteemed federal members would take a bit of notice of what's going on, wouldn't you? Well, yes. And yes, I've been on the other side of him. And yes, I've been toe-to-toe with him, you know, on certain issues. Yeah. We've all been there, but he's never backed away. Yeah. We've always shook hands and walked away. And the same with other members in the middle of the RSRT. Mm. I still shook Michael Caine's hand and walk away. Mm. 
So I want that level of respect back to the transport industry for sure. Like we can play in a schoolyard, but at the end of the day, we've all got to go home and the bell rings and we've got to get on and get the job done. And, and I really do believe that the transport industry in the last six, eight, 12 months has really stood up and shone through, mm. right through natural disasters, right through other disasters. I don't know what you call corona, but anyway, is it a pandemic or a, whatever you want to label it as? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of disaster that is? It's a massive disaster. But again, the transport industry has stood up and it's done the things that needed to happen. We focus on where we need to be. We've looked after ourselves. I was speaking to Steve Shear about a month ago and he pointed out that there's been no transmitted transport case. So yep. really hats off to the trucking industry again. And we've been flogged to death again with tests mm-hmm. every Monday. I've had one every Monday for the last two months because I was in South Australia a couple of times. Yeah, The industry's strong, but the industry's in a bad place too. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. You won't get an argument out of me on that. I was chatting to some guys from the National Road Freighters Association fact of the matter is, I believe there's a bit of a perfect storm happening now. You look around, I mean, I don't know how aware you are in the West, but we've just had a national fleet stood down with fatigue and safety issues. We've got all sorts of things happening with driver shortages and all the rest of it. And the freight task is not getting any smaller. Yeah, the driver shortage. The driver shortage. The driver shortage has been pretty well flogged down our throats that it's going to happen. Yeah. I was only speaking to a very good source yesterday. Mm. He was telling me that in a few years, there'll be 120,000 drivers short. Yep. When you talk about the perfect storm, this is where, for me, the perfect storm has been built by bolt-on industries around the transport industry. Yep. We're getting pushed for technology. We're getting pushed for advancements. We're getting pushed for the ideas of things that are going to help us driving and get through the day. Mm. We can dance around electronic work diaries. We mm. can dance around a million different things like that. Mm. But that realistically will push someone in their 60s out of the job. Someone that'll do the milk run that's three times a day up and down the road. Someone that'll go A to B 20 times a day, you know, doing a load of coke from Coke to Qdar, you know, like someone that'll do that. It's just pushing them out of the game, doing what they're doing. So I'm against it. But I believe that what I've done in the transport industry has gotten myself through 23, 24 years accident-free. Now, I'm not saying we haven't been fatigued. I'm not saying we haven't driven tired and done all these things, but I also understand where I'm up to and what I'm doing. It's a hard one. It's a balance, isn't it? So I think the balance, if we need a balance, Mm. I think the balance is don't dangle the carrot. You know, like, so the carrot is if you put an electronic work diary in your truck, you'll get 14 hours or, well, hang on a minute here. What about if I haven't had a work diary infringement for 10 years? Why do I need a work diary? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, obviously, I know what I'm doing with it. And obviously, I've not flipped it on its lid. I've kept the shiny side up and the dirty side down. Yeah. Why are you flogging this? So this is where I think I'll end up the Senate inquiry. Mm. We need the foundations to be right. Yeah. So for someone that's 18, 19, 20, 21 that want to get into trucking, you've got to have a basic entry level. So the basic entry level is an understanding of the work diary. Yeah. It's an understanding of air couplings. It's an understanding of winding legs down. It's an understanding of actually backing a road train. If you're going to get an MC license, yep. don't do your license in a B-double and a short B-double. Yeah. And then you can go and run triples to Darwin. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. So you need a basic entry level to get where we are. You take race, you take experience, you take age, you take everything out of the ballpark when everyone's at one point. And then, because where you are, and I get where you are, you're carding chemical. If you go into the technology of watching and looking, I get it. And I look, I wouldn't mind putting a seeing eye machine in my truck. We had a webinar the other day here, and I I chimed in late because the bloody phone rang when it started, but I did chime in late. Mm. I wouldn't mind. 
because I've done a bit with Smart Wheel and stuff like that, and I wouldn't mind knowing, you know, like what's going on. Mm. I don't know. I only think I'm doing it right, but I don't know either. Oh, you can have one, Yogi. I can tee you up with one, no problem at all. Yeah, I think we'll catch up with it. The Mac Master on the 29th of November, the seeing eye machines are down there. So yep. they're one of the sponsors of the show, I think. Yep. So we'll get a chance. Talking to a bloke the other day was Trevor Warner. So me and Trevor speak every now and then, and he's quite a good bloke to talk to. Trevor pointed out that how many yellow pages get documented into the transport company. So mm. I can see that side of it all as being really good for electronic work tires. Yep. No dramas at all. Just say for the hell of it, you decided to go ahead and use an electronic work diary. Yep. There are a couple that have been approved now, but you don't have to go ahead and then use those as your work diary. You can still use your paper logbook. Yep. We're not at the point yet where this thing's mandatory. Yep. I can certainly see it coming, which is what prompted me to write what I wrote. Yep. And please don't think that I think that this is a panacea. It's not the only answer. Yeah, yeah. It's part of an overall answer. The problem with it is, mate, as I've said time and time and time again, it's all about motivations. It's all about the fact that every single stakeholder, and I hate to use buzzwords, but (laughs) what other words can you use? Every single person that's got an interest in the freight movement has their own particular axe to grind, and their interests don't align with someone else's. We end up with a another buzzword, a power pyramid, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Jeez, man, I'll write these down. Use them next week when you're at the inquiry, the power pyramid. I think I'll keep it as an owner-driver and a uh, truck driver <laughs> from uh, south and west of Australia. This is how it is, and this is bullshit. The thing about it is is that the bloke at the bottom that actually does all the work yeah, that's right. has no Me. say And how it happens, none. Yeah, I do believe that's pushing drivers away, though. Uh, 100%. Because it does. It just frightens the crap out of people. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. But I get why it's in as well. You know what else frightens the crap out of people? What? The idea that the day goes on, but the pay doesn't go on. Yeah. In your situation, I've been an owner-driver. Yep. You know, I've had hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in equipment with my house on the line and the missus unhappy because I've broken <laughs> something. You know, we've, <laughs> we've all been there. Yeah, you got a tire at Sejuna and not at your local tire <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Or I got into trouble once for buying some stainless guards. But anyway, let's not go. I mean, you got to have them. You, you do. you got to have them. We'll be back for the rest of this great chat right after this. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. But anyway, listen, getting back to it, I mean, as an employed driver... The sad fact is that you're there in that thing. You've got responsibility for that equipment, that load. And if you're a long-distance driver, you can spend a few days to a few weeks away from home. Yeah. 
if you're working in any other industry apart from long distance truck driving, then you're getting paid by the hour. You're getting paid, you're living away from home allowances, you're getting paid all these things at reasonable rates. Now, if you're a truck driver, Rod Hannaford will talk about this for hours. Yeah. The fact that they're living away from home allowances and things like that in our industry don't compare to other industries. Yeah. You can sit at DCs for hours and hours and hours on end for free, yeah. while the local drivers that they're paying by the hour come in and go around you. Yeah. And they wonder why blokes get upset. And if you're a 21-year-old bloke and you're looking to get into the industry... The problems that you're facing is the insurance issues. No one will give you a job because you haven't got an experience. Yeah. They can't insure you if they do give you a job. And then you might want to have a social life. Well, that's not going to happen if you turn into a long-distance driver. Your life changes. It's a lifestyle. It's not a job. Yeah. You've got all those issues. And then the day goes on, but the pay doesn't go on. You can go and drive a forklift in a shed and go home for tea and make a reasonable living or do whatever you want. None of these things are addressed, but it's all symptoms of the same problem, in my opinion. Yeah, so so what's the reasonable rate, though? Well, I'd say about thirty-one fifty an hour, mate, yep. for a bloke driving a single. So that truck's got to be charged out at three times for that. The wages, three times that. So you're looking yeah, around about 120 bucks an hour. Something like that. Maybe a bit more. Maybe a bit more. Well, it should be, yeah, yep. three times. It's a third, a third of a third. Well, the fuel, a third, the truck's a third, and the running costs. So, yeah, then your wages on top. So it's probably 150. So, yep. yeah, righto. Yeah, look, they're huge, you know. Like, how do you get to there? So for me, hourly doesn't work. Yep. Chuck a curveball in there. And my hourly high doesn't work where I am. Absolutely understand that, mate. I've been in the position myself. <laughs> it becomes a bit of an issue, doesn't it? Yeah, because I was listening to the, the other Senate inquiry and they're talking about comparing a Mackers employee compared to a B-double driver <laughs> doing eight hours a day. Well, well, fair, fair. You're probably comparing a 15-year-old working on a Sunday night at 10 o'clock compared to an MC operator working, you know, eight till seven or whatever it is or eight to five or whatever on a normal day. Yep. Yeah, a normal eight-hour shift. So this is where I come back to, like working on the average age of truck drivers around 55. If you said to me when I'm 55, and hopefully I do get that job, where you go, right, Yogi, you're going from point A to point B, and freaking task. Yep. And we're going to pay you eight hours a day, and you're going to get 27 bucks an hour, and all you got to do is go to there, yep. turn around, come back. Right, good job. See you later. Turn the truck off. You sort the rest of it out. Yep. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. <laughs> but when you start throwing in a vibrating seat, you're dotted to the minute of what you do. Well, kind of, oh, yeah, no, nah, yeah. really, catch you later, but I'll go and sit on a forklift. <laughs> and we talk about the perfect storm. It's building to that perfect storm. Yeah, well, you need to come over to my place, mate. We'll burn a few steaks on the barbecue and I'll show you some stuff, I'll tell you. We'll be, uh, pardon the pun, stakeholders. <laughs> <laughs> you know I don't like that word. Far out, like we're freaking truck drivers. Like, show some respect to each other. We drive trucks. Yep. We're operators. We're truck drivers. Like, if you want to talk about people in the industry, talk about truck drivers. Truck driver, non-specific, non-gender specific, non-age specific. We are truck drivers. We drive machinery, anything big and small. We love more. We are truck drivers. Well, I consider myself chastised and corrected. <laughs> Sir, truck driver. <laughs> I'll never use the stakeholder word in your presence again. Unless I'm standing in your back veranda holding a stakeholder. Check me out, Mick. I'm a stakeholder. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mate, look, it's been great to talk to you. I do appreciate it. I always love chatting with you. Yeah. 
and I always learn something as well. I'm going to go and have a chat with a friend of yours now, Heather Jones. Yeah, good. Cool. I've spoken to Heather for a little while, so yeah, fantastic. But before we bugger off, though, I just want to touch on one thing. Yep. So the Senate inquiry Thursday, the Mac muster on the weekend. But Monday, I'm speaking at the Coca-Cola Driver Award. Right. Which is really, really, really good. Yes. So Coke recognised that their drivers right through this pandemic are still working, still delivering. Yep. Everyone wants to still have a can of Coke and bits and pieces and what they do and a glass of orange juice in the mornings. Or a can of Coke after lunch, obviously. But anyway, it's all good. We can get to that point. But So they recognise that their drivers are doing the frontline stuff. They're still out there doing it. They're still dealing with customers. They're doing multiple shop deliveries. So they've set up an award. Right. So when I come to Perth, I was carting out a Coke. So, yes, one of the girls in there, she's an Outback Truckers fan, and she contacted me, and I get a chance to speak at the Coke Awards next Monday. So I'm really stoked about that. I mean, you sort of forget these big companies because we're little, you know, and we concentrate on ourselves being little trucker and a big trucker pond. But really, this blew me away, and it's hats off to Coca-Cola and for what they've done and, and what they're doing. Yeah, good. So that's this Monday coming? Yeah, Monday. Yeah, Monday 30th, November. So, okay. yeah, we're on song. I've got a little five or ten minute spot there to talk about where we are and what we're doing and present a couple of awards. It's all online, unfortunately, because of the pandemic. Yeah. And as you know, trying to get truck drivers together anywhere in, in one place is, unless it's Christmas Day, it's never going to happen. That's right. <laughs> so they tried a barbecue up there, and I think they're going to get together in January when it goes a little bit quieter. Yeah. I think there'll be something like an afternoon and bits and pieces, but it'll be online across Australia and so, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit excited about that one, to be honest with you, Mick. I can hear it in your voice, mate. And that's a good thing, companies recognising those that are actually doing the hard yards. Yeah. Well, that Coke would be nothing without their drivers turning up delivering. Well, that's right. I mean, everyone loves the product, I suppose. That, you know, in some way, shape or form, you can't say you've not had one of their products. Whether you drink a bottle of water or a can of Coke, you've had it over the course of the years. Yeah, well, I've been told things go better with Coke, apparently. Well, that's right, that's right. We all know that bloody cane cutter's cordial always goes better with rums. Well, I was going to say, Bundy and Cake, match made in heaven, mate. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't know how they make it so cheap. <laughs> so much more than a breakfast here. It is, indeed. It's one of the six food groups, oh, five food groups, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Right, now, now, quick, because I know you're wrapping me up here and you, we could talk for hours, but have I seen a new Pearlcraft wheel on your truck? Have I? You have indeed, you have. <laughs> it's a thing of beauty, mate. I, I've been looking at it. Have I you can't got the help Pearlcraft it. smile now? Have you got the Pearlcraft, what a Pearler in it? What a Pearlcraft smile. I do smile. have a Pearlcraft smile. I've got a Pearlcraft gear knob as well. Did you get one of those? Oh, I was going to say, choose your words nicely when you get a Pearlcraft knob, but yes, <laughs> i got a Pearlcraft gear knob as well. So, yeah, we've got to match the drapes, we've got to match the rug or something like that in it i might do the panels i mean talking to pat and sam i might actually do the panels in my truck as well i might be in front of you there mate <laughs> we might do the panels as well <laughs> i'm actually in the process of sourcing the dash panels i've got a man i'll send you a number okay. <laughs> i'll get it done for you right, right. i've got a bloke in melbourne so yeah but great product great company great people it really sets the truck off, and I, and I know I've seen yours. It's good, so I'm, I'm pretty happy that you got it. It's a beautiful thing, and as you say, Pat and Sam do a wonderful job, and even the communication, while right from the time I ordered it right through to the time that I actually got it, I was always aware of what was going on, and when it came to me and it's in the box and it's all wrapped up and all the rest of it, I'm opening the box. I'm like a bloody six-year-old kid at the Christmas tree, mate. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, you've got a parcel. Oh, I know what that is. I'm going home. Right, got to go, got to go. And you know what else? Nothing else got done until I'd pulled the wheel off and pulled the gear knob off and installed it all and just sat there and then looked at it for half an hour. Yeah. Gave it a wipe over. I've actually got a special microfiber rag now on the dash so I can, <laughs> I'm taking it a bit too far, aren't I? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, because we've all got one. <laughs> Maybe Pat Zam should supply a special Pearlcraft microfiber rag. That's a good idea, isn't it? It should have a little monogram on the side. That's right. That's good because mine gets folded up and it's not for anything else. It's not for windows. It's not for the dash. not for the floor. It's not for anything else. It's strictly for the wheel. Indeed. But it's funny, like when you go and have a shower, you use one louver for the whole body. Yep. But in your truck, you've got multiple different things for multiple different cleaning options in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no think about that one I don't want to talk about technology and that you know what should be mandatory what? is a Pearlcraft wheel in every truck yeah that way we'll have the Pearlcraft smile and it'll make you happy it does so that's got to be better than electronic work diary or... <laughs> that's a program we can all get behind mate <laughs> rather mate good man <laughs> thanks for your time Yogi you take care of yourself alright cheers mate talk soon Hey everybody, Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcast from the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. It's time for Ask the Expert, proudly brought to you by NTI. Weather patterns are changing in Australia, moving from the hot and dry conditions of El Nino into a La Nina period with its associated rains and floods. This week, we're joined by Network 10 weather presenter Mike Larkin to talk about how these changes will affect truckies on the road. Good morning, Mike, and welcome to On the Road. Thank you, Andy. It's uh, my pleasure to be a part of your national program. Well, it's very much our pleasure to have a Network 10 weather presenter on board with us. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I'll start by saying what I provide is always a forecast, not a promise. How's right. that? <laughs> As you uh, possibly are aware, I've been working with NGI to, I guess, educate transport operators on what they can expect and how to stay safe this summer weather season. So I guess that's probably uh, where we're heading. And that's, I'm sure, just what they want to hear too. Mm. Mike, just before we kick in, I was looking through your bio before. I see that you've been a muso in a previous life in a band. Yes, I'm a bit like yourself. I've done a bit of everything, I think. When I was very, very young, I used to work on short-term and long-term goals. And when I was 14, I was playing guitar in a band. 15, I became the singer of the band. 16, I joined a newspaper. 17, I did a bit of acting. 18, become a radio announcer right. and then became a journalist, presenter, etc. So and a few different things and they've all been a lot of fun. But out of it all, I've got to say, I do like writing. I do like presenting and I love talking about the weather. And I can do that until the cows come home or to bore you. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Well, let's do it then. My talk is that we're in for a wet summer this year. Can you tell us a bit about La Nina and how it's different to what we've experienced with recent drought and bushfires? Yes, yeah, certainly you can, Andy. I guess on a daily basis, we talk about the weather. Longer term, it's about the climate. And the two major factors in the climate, La Nina and El Nina, and they're the two weather systems we hear about. Now, they both typically last on nine to 12 months, and they occur around every three to five years. Mm. So the weather pattern is sort of determined in Australia, whether you've got an El Nino or a La Nina affecting us. Now, a La Nina is the weather phenomenon that blows the warmer water across the Pacific Ocean to Australia, and that's what's occurring now. So the result is always more rainfall. So we're expecting more rainfall this season and therefore more flooding 
And with that in mind, it will be probably an early onset to the first rains of our wet season. Now, I guess normally uh, Queensland records around four cyclones a year. They develop in the Coral Sea with one or two crossing the coast. Also, the Gulf of Carpentaria, one or two also develop. And that's sort of where I guess you look at starting and uh, there will be more rains this time round. Our last La Nina was back in 2016-17. It was a mild La Nina, if you like. But the one that everybody talks about is the previous, which was much more severe. And that was back in 2010-2012, the wettest two-year period on record. Mm. Five of those cyclones back in 2010-2011 were in the severe category, hitting Queensland hard. And also because dams were already at saturation point, there was a whole bunch of flooding. But the good news this year's weather system, not as strong as that 2010-2012 La Nina, which caused all that devastation. Right. So we spoke there about Queensland, mm. but for other parts of Australia, what types of weather phenomena can we expect to see? Is that going to be fairly general right across the nation? Well, generally, uh, because of the north getting all the cyclones, that's where the weather is really severely affected. I mean, the, the cyclones don't come too far south to sort of Victoria, South Australia, Tasmania, Southern WA. In the south of the country, bushfires were dreadful last year. This year, at this stage, uh, there'll be nothing like that, which is good news. Mm. Temperatures in the southeast are set to climb over summer and, in fact, also next winter. But generally speaking, it's all the severe rain that's the concern always in the tropics. Right. Now, Mike, we know that motorists, especially truckies, are going to be out on the roads in these changing weather conditions. Mm. What can everyone do to make sure they stay safe? Well, I think you really need to keep up to date with all the forecasts. Now, the forecasts are always on the regular basis released by the media. Mm. The ABC is sensational, but the media online. And you want to always communicate with other truckies. They'll tell you where the worst waters are. As you probably are aware, floodwaters do rise fast. They stay high for days, sometimes weeks in outback Australia. A lot of resulting from flooding, a lot resulting from cyclones. And generally when a cyclone starts forming out to sea, you've only got three to five days to plan and activate an emergency response. So I guess you need to know what's coming up. You need to communicate with other truckies. And with the NTI, of course, safety is paramount. And if roads are flooded, quite simply, don't try and go through them. If roads are flooded, forget it. Absolutely. And, and Mike, I suppose a lot of us these days have become quite used to rolling out the bomb radar when we want to see what's happening with the weather in the immediate future. Is that a fairly accurate thing to do? Look, it is, but you've got to sort of work out what you're doing before that rain's actually hit. The actual bomb radar is one of the most popular websites in Australia and some parts of the world. And I guess you get an idea of where it's coming from. If it's getting more severe or not is always a little bit hard to tell. So when you're looking at the Bureau of Meteorology radar, you're seeing the rain that's moving across. And there are often thunderstorm cells embedded in that activity, but you can't always tell. But what the radar does give you a great guide on which way the rain is coming from. So you can perhaps help yourself a little bit there. Mm. But if the rain on the radar isn't far away from where you are, it can sometimes be too late if you're getting closer to a flooded road. Right, for sure. Well, folks, our guest this morning has been Mike Larkin, Network 10 weather presenter. Mike, thank you very much for sharing your expertise and experience with us. It's much appreciated. No, the pleasure is mine, Andy. I mean, the weather is a very, very interesting thing to look at. It's scientific. It is not exact. So you need to talk to and listen to what experts have to say. And I think whether you're running a business or operating vehicles and equipment, NTI wants you to know what could be ahead because they are the specialists. They're available 24-7 to assist you. I might as well tell you this because they are Australia's specialist insurer 
if you're dealing with the impacts of Australian weather, you want to be with the right people. Absolutely. Mike, again, many thanks. No problem. Thanks, mate. This is Dane Sharp, and you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy on the Big Rig Road Show. Here's my song, When The Sun Goes Down, to keep you trucking. There's been lots of changes over the years Plenty of memories of blood, sweat and tears Late afternoon we say goodbye to the sun When things stays the same and it's time for some fun When the sun goes down is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Morning, Mike. Good morning, mate. How are you? Mate, doing all right for an old fella, thanks. <laughs> a little bit of pre-news news for you. Oh, yeah, Apparently, yeah. Willie Nelson is recovering in hospital after being struck by a car. <laughs> I'm scared to ask. <laughs> Apparently, he was playing on the road again at the time. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, God. 
okay. Good on you. Did you see what I did there? I did see what you did there, yeah. mate. Thanks for that. Yeah, good. All right. <laughs> a little bit of levity, thank you. Yeah. Yes. Mike, news from the Apple Isle. There are plans afoot to increase and upgrade rest areas for heavy vehicles in Tassie. They sure are, mate. They're going to spend a few bucks down there in Tasmania on a few rest areas. Now I had a bit of a laugh about this. My brother drives down there. Right. And just on the side of the point, he reckons that he has trouble getting into top gear, but I, I, I don't know. <laughs> so the question would be, why do they need rest areas? Yeah. But, yeah. but anyway, look, we can't say that because I know they work down there pretty hard. A bloke named De Bruin has run on the show. Now, De Bruin's one of the biggest long-term family trucking businesses in Tasmania, I believe, from memory. Okay. Therefore, got behind it, and their concern basically is that Tasmania doesn't meet nationally agreed guidelines for the provision of rest facilities. Okay. As I've said before, we could talk about the national agreed standards for rest rest facilities. You you, you threw me with the Willie Nelson joke. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about national standards for rest facilities forever, and I know Rod Hennepy certainly does. But Tasmanian guys look like they're going to be addressing the issue down there, and that's a great thing. Yeah, well, long may it spread further afield. Indeed, indeed. So I guess there's no point in saying about there's a few blokes talking about it and two heads are better than one. But yeah, <laughs> I'm a Tasmanian. Did you know that? My father was a Tasmanian, mate, so said with all respect. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they cut the good-looking head off. You've only got to look at them to know that. <laughs> all right. The Australian Trucking Association has hit out at the proposed National Operator Standards, labelling it as a $3.6 billion tax on freight and jobs. Yeah, they have. And it's a pretty big story too. We do need some standards, but we're not sure that this is the way to go about it. The ATA have made some very, very good points on this. Under the ALC proposal, operators would be subject to mandatory electronic recording of driving hours and location of every heavy vehicle. Every heavy vehicle operator would need to have a safety management system. Well, these things are all in place already. What they're talking about is stuff that's already happening. Yeah. I would have thought, and I think I may be verbaling the ATA, but they're saying that these standards, while they're already in place, don't need to be put in the form that the ALC is talking about. And I would have to agree with that. Yeah. The Nat Road want a commitment on some hard numbers and they're talking about cost of operator licensing and all the rest of it. There's no point spending money on things that we're already doing and there's no point mandating things that really can't be enforced. How is it going to be enforced? Yeah. What value does it possibly have? Mm. There's a history of this sort of thing in Tasmania, going back to the Tasmania story, they used to have a thing over there called a cart license. Mm -hmm. And what that was, was like a number plate. Different operators would have different jobs and have areas and that that were assigned to them. And there were certain protections for the different industries. It's like a taxi license. Mm. There's been conversation about this sort of thing on the mainland where particular companies would have to provide assurances that they've got insurances and all the back end work done before they actually go and start trading. Because the only thing that happens now is all you need to start a truck business these days is the wherewithal to do it and the desire to do it. Mm. And after that, there are no limitations on you. Yeah. And this is one of the symptoms of the problems of the industry, so to speak. Yeah. Mate, round six of the NHVR's Heavy Vehicle Safety Initiative has been launched with $5.5 million on the table to share around. There is, and I'll tell you what, it's a really good thing too. Now, the Women in Trucking Association girls that we were talking to not long ago did some things with television advertising and all that sort of stuff. So this is what this is aimed at. It's ultimately aimed at saving lives and making our roads safer. The program last time had 59 applications and Sal Petricotto said that they're looking forward to seeing even more this round. Mm. Right, so this year, the NHBR has suggested that submissions address one of the following three themes. 
safer drivers, safer vehicles and safer road use. And they've got to align with state and territory, Commonwealth road safety plans. Mm. So it's pretty straightforward. I actually had a look at the webpage that does all this. The application form's there, the guidelines are there. Mate, I think we should do a submission and maybe get a simulator that drivers know where it is to access and put some blokes in some bad situations in a simulator rather than after an $800 HR course that they can do these days. You mean rather than hiding one in South Australia somewhere that no one can find? Yeah, that's the one. (laughs) Time's running away, Mike, but just lastly, sadly, one of those end-of-an-era type pieces of news that the Captain's Mountain Roadhouse has closed its doors for the last time. Yeah, it has. It's on the Gore Highway, or it was on the Gore Highway out near Milmerran there. And I'm going to miss that place because it was one of the places where I didn't mind stopping. I've slept there a few times. used to be able to get everything you needed there. I saw a picture of it there today with all the temporary fencing up around it and the boards on the walls and things. used to be one of the good old mum and pop sort of roadhouses you could go in and they'd know your name and they'd know what you were going to order and just a sad day when you see things like that happening. Yeah, it is. You hate seeing once thriving businesses all boarded up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sad. I initially thought it was just being closed for a reno, but it turns out I was wrong. It's gone. Yeah, maybe you should put an offer in, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't cook, mate. <laughs> On the road roadhouse. On the road roadhouse? Yeah. Yeah. It's got a ring to it. Sounds like fun, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. All right. All right, mate. Well, we better move on, but thank you for that. Thanks, mate. Thank you very much. You have a great day. Keep it safe and we'll see you next time. And you too. Cheers, buddy. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. When it comes to road transport, safety is everything. Seeing Machines Guardian minimises the risk of fatigue and distraction for drivers and provides real-time monitoring centre analysis and appropriate intervention. Already trusted by more than 400 of the safest road transport businesses around the world, find out how Seeing Machines Guardian can safeguard your fleet, your valuable cargo and most importantly, your drivers. Visit www.seeingmachines.com Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you're interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. This is Caroline Taylor-Knight and you're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy on the Big Rig Road Show. Hi guys, Andy here. We've got something a little different to talk about this week. Mike and I are excited to announce a fantastic new giveaway promotion starting very soon, right here on the road. In conjunction with our great friends truckaccessories.com.au, we'll be running a regular segment presenting all the latest gear available for your rig. Everything from steering wheels, lights and lighting accessories, mirrors, stickers, decals and badges, stuff for the inside of your truck, stuff for the outside of your truck just about everything you could think of to give your rig that something extra it really deserves. We'll be telling you more about this fantastic promotion in the coming weeks, so stay tuned to find out how you can become a winner. In the meantime, go visit the website truck-accessories.com.au 
Once again, that's truck-accessories.com.au and start preparing your shopping list for Christmas. Truckaccessories.com.au is a nationwide business providing great products and service to the Aussie trucking community. So once again, friends, stay tuned to On The Road for more information about the promotion and how you can enter. Well, that brings us to the end of another On The Road show. We hope you enjoyed it. On The Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, leading the way with specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks, and industry advocacy for more than 45 years. For all your transport insurance needs, visit the website at nti.com.au. For more On The Road news and additional features, visit our website at www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. If you'd like to share your thoughts on the podcast, offer suggestions, or just let us know what's on your mind, send us an email to mike at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Be sure to join us same time next week for the next episode On The Road. In the meantime, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On The Road are great believers in the right to freedom of speech, and whilst we might not always be in 100% agreement with the views and opinions of our guests and contributors, we firmly support their right to hold and express those opinions. Mm -hmm.